So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. It was the worst experiences anybody could have, and it's my first ever experience, you know? I'm your host, Alan Eist, and this is Noche de Pendejadas, your favorite talk show turn podcast en donde yo traigo a tus influencers favoritos para platicar y posiblemente sacarles sus trapitos al sol. Please help me welcome tonight's guest, Alexis How are you, amiga? Good, how are estás? you? Un poquito nerviosa. Yeah. Igual, yo, you guys, I don't know why every single time I film with someone that it's like my first time meeting them, me pongo nervioso. Yeah. Yeah, I'm shaking. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm over here acting like I've never done this before, you guys. But this is our first time meeting you in person. I've been following you yeah, for what? Like over cool, two years, mm-hmm, maybe? A minute, bro. You guys, this is our first time. And I want to say thank you so much no, for being here. You. I know we started planning this, what, like months ago? Mm-hmm. I remember that I sent a message and I was like, Alexis, por favor, quiero tenerte en mi programa. And at the time, you're like, mm, vivo en México, no puedo uh-huh, ir ahorita. Yeah. Pero déjate, doy una fechas me dijiste octubre yeah and you know what's funny when you told me about october that was like two months ago and i was like you know what i'm gonna hit her up what if she forgot uh-huh. and as soon as october was gonna start i was like hey i'm like you remember me i'm like how was the dude. drive how have you been in la ahorita que estás aquí unos it's been días. good dude i'm so excited i've been like no i didn't forget about you at all i've been like waiting counting down the days i'm like wait yeah, ya viene, ya viene. Oh, i'm so excited i'm literally so excited to have you here porque quiero conocerte un poquito más mm-hmm. i want to know a little bit more about you yo sé que la gente ya mirándonos en casa también te quieren conocer un poquito más i'm gonna go ahead and send over the mic to you para que tú nos digas un poquito más de quién eres y qué haces Okay. Hey, y'all. I'm Alexis. I'm 21 years old. Um, I've been doing YouTube and social media for a cool couple of years now. And yeah. Hace un so- poquito de todo. I feel like you're okay. really good on YouTube, though. Yeah. I focus mostly on YouTube. I've been trying to get on TikTok, but like... It's hard. I, I like to talk and talk and talk. I'm like, TikTok, they got little... They got 10 minutes. That 10 minutes. Not even 10 minutes. They got what? one. Oh, you only have the one minute one? No, I do got 10 minutes. Oh, now but, you do. Uh-huh. Do you remember when they took it off, though? Yes. Uh-huh. Bitch, when they first put the 10 minute thingy on TikTok, I was like, yay, ya ganamos porque a mí también me gusta platicar mucho. Mm-hmm. And they took it off for a moment. I was like, yeah. ¿Qué chingados están haciendo TikTok? Mm-hmm. Y ahora ya lo regresaron. So, ya para empezar con el chisme, yo quiero empezar con la primera pregunta que yo le pregunto a todos. Yo te quiero conocer un poquito más, amiga. Y para conocerte un poquito más, I feel like we need to know a little bit more about, you know, your growing up story. Mm-hmm. So, yo quiero que nos digas un poquito. So how was Alexis growing up? Okay, so as a lot of people already know, if you guys don't know me, I literally have all sisters. Like, I got like four on my mom's side, like three or four on my dad's side. Like, yeah, we all sisters over here. And I feel like growing up with them has always been so fun. We honestly had a really good childhood, like... Every time we think about it or I talk to my sisters, like, it's just all laughs, you know? Like, ¿Se crecieron todas juntas mm-hmm. o separadas? Um, the ones on my on my mom's side, we did grow up together. Okay. But on my dad's side, I barely started, like, getting to know them when I was in, like, middle school. Oh, shit, how was that? ¿No sabían que existían or did you guys... Yeah, I did, but it's, like, I think... I don't remember if I knew they, like, were there, but I remember getting a message in, like, middle school. Yeah, for one of my older sisters. She's, like five years older than me she was like out of high school when i was in middle school and she texts me she's like is your mom's name marianne blah, blah, blah. she's like i'm your sister i've been looking for you for years yeah Bitch, I, that sounds like something out of the movie like yeah. that sounds crazy how did you feel when you got that message well i was excited you know something new and like i i'm always very family oriented so like I think right then I was about to graduate from middle school. So, like, I invited her, like, like a two-week. Yeah, right then. And it was really fun. And then I met my other sisters, too. 
And it was good. So obviously, you know, you have this childhood in donde you don't really grow up with your other sisters. Do you feel like you missed out on a lot since you didn't grow up with them? I miss like I feel like being more closer to them. But we have gotten really close in the years that we have like because one of my sisters is um she's like three months apart. My dad was busy. Ah, your dad was busy, girl. He was like, Aquí, acá, literally. I'm like, he probably got more too at this point. But I have another one that's like a year or two. So we're really like close in age. It was okay. really easy to connect with them. But I always grown up with my other sisters. So I never felt like, like I never missed out because I mean, we're always together with them, you know? I have a question about that because it's something super interesting. Obviamente, yo no tengo like half sisters or half siblings. Mm. Pero yo conozco a mucha gente que sí, and there's a lot of people that like go about and be like, you know what? No, my sisters are the ones that I have with my mom and dad. Did that ever like go through your head? You're like, oh shit, like now I have this person telling me that they're my sisters yeah. and that there's more of them. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Yo no más conozco a las hermanas que yeah. crecí con. Well, I never thought of it like that. And I've actually had, because the sisters on my mom's side are also my half sisters. Oh, okay. okay uh-huh. So I'm like literally the only child for my mom and my dad. And I've okay. never thought of it like that's only my half sister. Like she's my if she's my sister, she's my sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I feel like the more the merrier. I was hella excited. You're like I'm down for more homegirls. <laughs> I'm girl. like, so this literally. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you you go through your childhood and you start school. How were you in school? Were you like the popular girl, kind of more on the reserved <laughs> side, pelionera? Como mm-hmm. eras tú en la escuela? I've always been like really cool with everybody, every type of different groups. Like I feel like I can relate to somebody in every way, no matter who yeah, it yeah. is. So I've never really, no, I've always had a lot of friends. And actually my friends from middle, no, from elementary, they're still my best friends to this day. Same, bitch. Same. (laughs) Like now that I'm an adult out of high school, it's crazy. And it's kind of sad, not going to lie, like seeing the people that I grew up with, what they're doing now in life, you know? And then seeing also my best friends grow, like uh, one of them already has a baby. It's like we're like adults now. Like it's it's scary. Isn't crazy. it crazy? Como cambia mucho la vida, right? Like mm-hmm. for me specifically, yeah. Cuando I think back about like the cool people in mm-hmm. my high school, yeah. And there's times where I stalk them. I'm not gonna lie, you guys. Yo también a veces tengo días where I can stalk. Ah, I'm like, bitch, I'm not busy all the time. Ah. But there's days where I go mm-hmm. about and I'm like, oh my god, I wonder what fulano de tal is doing. Yeah. So I go up and look him up mm-hmm. and I'm like. Yeah. They're in jail. Ah, Literally. Literally. They got like five kids. You know what's so funny? I once had this one guy that I knew in high school, right? Keep in mind, this guy was like the popular guy. Mm -hmm. Like, nunca me hablaba, nunca me dirigía Mm -hmm. la palabra. Y un día agarré un mensaje de él. Y yo dije, I know. So ahí le voy contestando y no vas a creer que andaba en la cárcel. Quería que le mandara dinero y yo como de que, güey, no. Pero ya salió. Ah, ah like, ya salió. Lo bueno. bueno. Ah, lo bueno que ya salió. But it's crazy when you look back yes. and you're like, it's crazy how life can really change, change up your life. Bro. You know, tú obviamente tuviste muchos momentos en tu vida que obviamente te cambiaron mm-hmm. and shaped you in who you are today. Is there any moment in your childhood that you feel like really shaped you into the women you are today? Honestly, I don't feel like there was like a specific moment, but I feel like, like on the side of my mom, just me growing up being the oldest daughter like it it made me get my head on right like I didn't go through any really bad paths because I know I have my sisters there watching me all the time you know and they were like hella strict on me were they how was that hella strict bro like how I see how they treat my little sisters now is like where was that energy with me? Like, I couldn't go out. I've never been to a party till I graduated high school. I, like, till yesterday. Yeah, I'm, like, literally first one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it was just super strict. And, like, I feel like sometimes I got on the bad side of my parents, like, because of how um, strict and, like, in my business they were. It was good because it put me on the right track. But, like, I wasn't trying to go off the track anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like being the oldest, it almost made you feel like you have a responsibility mm-hmm. that you almost weren't ready for. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't relate in that sense because yeah. you're the most chiquito. Mm. Pero lo que I can relate is my siblings were harder on my older brothers yeah. and my sisters. Ya cuando se les fueron ellos de su casa, I feel like my parents were scared for me to leave. So they're like, no, no, no. Que yeah. todo lo que quiere. <laughs> if he wants to go out, que salga y todavía yeah. me fui. Ah, mm. like, todavía me fui. But did you ever feel like being so young and being the oldest, did you ever feel like, wow, I have a responsibility that I don't even know if I'm ready to yeah, have? Yeah, literally. And I feel like at times it pushed me away from my parents. But at the same time, like I think about it now, like my mom was like 16, 17 when she had me. Oh, shit. So I'm like, she's going up at the same time she don't know you know and then like my bio dad was never really in my life but my stepdad came in when I was like five six years old 
But I feel like they were both new to it, too. They were both young, you know, so I can't, like, dwell on, like, the past or whatever. But I feel like back when I was younger, it did push us away. Like, right when I was 18, I did. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, but... I feel like it made our relationship better, yeah. honestly. Nos cuentas that you didn't really grow up with your biological father mm-hmm. being in your life or being present, you yeah. know, obviously in your early years. Do you feel like that affected you in any way? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, definitely. No, I'm like, daddy issues. I feel like I'm still suffering from them. <laughs> like, it's hard. Like, when I see people, like my boyfriend, for example, like he's super close with his family. And the way I see his dad with like all his brothers, like, and them, it's just so loving. And I'm like... Sometimes I wish I had that, you know? Do you feel like you were able to have at least, like, a father and daughter relationship with your, you know, stepdad? I feel like we've always had a relationship, but it's never... I don't know why it's always felt, like, a little weird. Like, honestly, I still call him by his name. Like, I don't call him dad, you know what I mean? But I don't know why ever since, like, a baby... Not a baby, like, a toddler. Like, I don't know why we just never really got that close, you know what I mean? I never had that real... There's always been that relationship, but it's just not like things I see like how with my boyfriend's family and stuff you know you go through your childhood you go through middle school high school y llega un momento donde te graduas you start college and I feel like you documented a good part of you know your college experience <laughs> online cuéntanos un poquito como fue esa experiencia para ti I got some I got some stories we actually well I started college I think in 20 i graduated 2020 so right okay. during quarantine pandemic uh-huh so my first like semester it was all online and then i also was training to go play soccer for my college team so like i really didn't get, get to experience much like the college life and then next semester we did go there and i went to college in fresno i'm from bakersfield by okay. the way and it's like uh like two hours away from bakersfield and at first like before well I ended up moving to an apartment, like a student dorm, and that's a whole nother story. It was horrible. I did, like, this whole story time. Dude, I had the worst roommate. Like, it was the worst experiences anybody could have, and it's my first ever experience, you know? So I didn't, like, it was it was bad. What was, like, the bad experience? So it was, like, four of us. No, it was three of us. No, four of us in total, but I had three other roommates. In the same room? No, in an apartment. Oh, okay, okay. We okay. all had our room. And it was it was really ghetto, like really bad. And my roommates were dirty, like it was bad. Like you think dirty ten times worse than that. You're like, esos no eran humanos, eran yeah. puercos, I was yeah. like, dude, you don't see this? Like we had a patio of like that you could go walk out on because it was apartments. Yeah, yeah. And like one of the girls would let her dog just like poop all over there. And it would stay there. It was this like disgusting. I didn't want to be in like, my backyard. <laughs> ah, I'm like me right now. I'm just kidding. No, uh-huh. um, but when you're living with other people, it's like, bitch, be considerate. You gotta think yeah. about the one that was next to me because it was like two on one side and two on the other side. The girls with me wasn't that bad, but it just wasn't like a good experience at all. And actually, one time, there's so many stories with that. But the girl, one of the girls, was super crazy. Like she would come banging at like 3 a.m. One time she was banging hella hard, and like I think she was arguing with her boyfriend like scary type stuff and then one time she even came to bang on my door at like 4 a.m she's like bitch get yeah out. i was like and i never even talked to her like that before like we it was weird like we didn't talk to each other que quería. she like thought someone stole her clothes i was like nobody stole like I'm nobody baby girl you, ah, you don't even want to steal your own clothes <laughs> like, ah. I did. but yeah she was banging all crazy i was hella tired because i was doing college soccer at that time okay. i was mad like i was ready to get it cracking <laughs> but um, I ended up leaving early, and I, like, dropped out and everything. It was... How did you meet these girls? Obviamente nos platicas que nunca hablaban mucho. Mm-hmm. Like, did you just find them, like, on a sign? Or, ¿cómo te las encontraste? So, eran amigas? I've, no, I feel like it was Loki, my fault. Because it was me and one of my teammates that were looking to move in together. And she mm-hmm. was also in the apartment, but she was okay. with the crazy girl. <laughs> yeah. We kind of looked late. Like, we were hella, like, lagging stuff. So, by the time we got it, that was, like, the best we could do. And for, like, the best price, you know? Were they looking for, like... Like roommates yeah oh, okay okay mm-hmm. so you guys went into rent into there into there because oh, okay. they've been there for was that hard you know obviamente when you live with other people especially because you guys are the ones going into yeah. their apartment mm-hmm. did you ever feel like bitch i don't even feel like it's my home yeah all the time and i i thought it was gonna be a good experience like i've heard like becoming best friends with your roommates and all that and like dude literally the day we got in there like we you would think if you have new roommates, yeah. you would clean up, make it look all nice, like good first impression. We get in there, it's not like 
She's like, bitch, I'm gonna give you what it is. I'm like, I ain't gonna fucking yeah, you. It's like, a, it is what it literally, is. she's like, we're not gonna set no expectations. <laughs> you were big on soccer. Mm. You would talk about it. You would obviously yeah. play. How was that for you? How did you even get into you know the world of soccer? Well, I've always played since I was young, but it's always been like recreational, nothing crazy. Okay. Like my parents are not like big soccer fans. They never had like really big dreams for me. They just always let us do whatever we want, like being stuff like that, little sports. And I would say in junior, my junior year of high school, I decided like, dude, I want to go hardcore on this, like for real. Like I really love the sport, you yeah. know? And I had dreams to like, well, I had like everything planned out. I was like, I know I can do this. If I put in the work, I can do it yeah. for sure. I wanted to end up playing like professional in Mexico. That was the plan. I wanted to go. I knew I wanted to go live there before I moved there. And then I got like, it was so exciting because I finally got like the first step. I played at a community college, but it was like the best in the state. And like, they have really good transfers like, all yeah. to D1. So I was like, okay, like we got the first step because I didn't start off like everyone else, like in club, like growing, playing with the best teams. Like I started really late and I knew I was like an underdog, but I knew I could do it if I wanted to. And then I get to college, everything's good. And then like, I have a horrible experience with my coach. Like, like he makes me, he made me not. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Like it. Uh, yeah, I stopped playing. Like, literally after that, I was like, I'm done. Did that create, like, any type of depression for you? Obviamente, por mm-hmm. muchos años, tienes este sueño to be a professional mm-hmm. soccer player. Llegas a college. Mm-hmm. This coach kind of shits on your dream yeah. to the point where you don't even want to do it anymore. Yeah. Did that create any type of, like, depression or anxiety for you? Honestly, at that yeah like literally and that's why i quit because i'm like there's no reason because dude we were spending there like every like hours out of the whole day we were at practice we had meetings we had practice we had a meeting after like we were there for hella long i was like this is not d1 <laughs> like relax but um and it was really hardcore like literally hardcore like we were d1 athletes and so it was like a big toll on me i was like i don't need to do all do this, this. Shit, yeah. yeah. I don't have and to do this. And you weren't even feeling happy at that mm-hmm. point, so you're like, yeah. tanto desmadre si no yeah. me siento feliz? Literally. Were you going to college more for, you know, the soccer aspect, or were you actually going, like, also, like, were you taking, like, normal class, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. assuming? Yeah. What were you, like, trying to be? I was majoring in psychology. Okay. Yeah, I did go to that community college specifically for soccer, because okay. my grades graduating high school were really good, like, I could have went into a really good school, but I knew I'm not going to be on, like, they're not going to take me for soccer really good school so I had to start and it was cheaper so it's just the best um, option for me and yeah I had like it was mainly for soccer I, I went to school so obviamente you go to college mm-hmm. you know you get into a good school for mm-hmm. what you wanted to do where you drop out. how mm-hmm. was that whole process for you like where did those thoughts start coming in mm-hmm. and how did it really happen when you're like you know what chinga su madre hasta aquí llegó todo yeah. eso ya no quiero más during that whole time of college even before that in high school I was doing social media during college I kind of like it was kind of a break it was nothing serious for me just like some like side money you know what I mean so I could pay rent and stuff yeah but I was really focusing on soccer in school like that was my main priority and then like once all that stuff happens with my coach like I was like you know what like even thinking about it even if I go pro and I go play in Mexico 
I can have better opportunities doing social media and make better money doing social media. And it's like, why do I have to go through all this? Like, how I, like, literally, I would come home, like, like, I have so many pictures during that time, like, crying, because it was just, like, giving my all, and, like, he didn't give a, like, he did not care. Yeah, the coach. And he treated, like, like, we had, like, a 30-man roster. 30-man. And the team, it's like 11 on 11. Like, half of us would never play. And it's crazy when we first started. Like, I feel like coaches do this on purpose. Like, during the preseason, they, like, kiss your ass and all this. Like, like we would come in, and then he would say, the Bakersfield girls, and he'd be so nice. Like, And I was at the top of, um, we had preconditioning, and we would have to get, like, the best times and stuff. And he would act like, depending on all that, is who's going to be the starters, who's going to get playtime. And I worked my ass off. We had a 30-man roster, and I was always top five in all those things. Most of those girls were from Fresno, you know? So he's known them. I don't know. It just was, he did a lot of those um, players really dirty. Like, really good players that I know if they went to other schools or if I went to other school, we would be starters, you know? And I'm like, you're taking their two years away? These are, like, valuable two years to be able to transfer. Yeah. And we're going to have one year of just completely taken away? Like, that's that's messed up, you know? Was it hard for you to make that decision when it came down to, like, you know what? I'm going to let go of my dream mm-hmm. and go pursue another dream. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, social media is a whole other yeah. dream on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really tough decision because, like, I put in all this work, you know? And it was, it was really hard, but at the end of the day, like... I'm always going to put myself first and my mental health first. And I know, like, whatever whatever dream or path I want to take, I know I will succeed in it. So I never really tripped about that. It was just sad letting that dream go because that was, like, a big thing for me. Obviamente nos cuentas that your coach was, like, an asshole. Was there any mm-hmm. moment specifically que te recuerdas tú that you're like, you know what, hasta aquí llego. Like, I've had enough. Like, obviously mm-hmm. nos cuentas that the whole thing was a fucking mess. Mm-hmm. But, like, was there any moment where you're like, I'm done. Like, I'm not taking this shit. Um... I think it was because he played favorites really okay. bad. And he was really, like, super hard on. If you miss a practice, if you're late to a practice, you won't play the next game. Like, it was bad. Like, he was f- so strict. And, like, we started seeing it with specific players. Like, he would um, let them slide on things. Yeah. And we're like, bro, we're here every day working our asses off in the Fresno heat. Oh, and then, like, we had, um, I think during that year, there was really bad um, smoke and uh-huh. ashes. And we were still outside. Like, the boys, because my boyfriend played um, over there, too. They would have their practice canceled, and we would still be out there. I'm like, he obviously don't care about us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, dude, it's not worth it. Like, at this point, I'm going to just do social media. You're like, like, fuck this shit. So, obviously, <laughs> you know, you drop out of college, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go full force with mm-hmm. social media. Yo, antes de que empecemos ya con eso, yo quiero saber, how did you get introduced to social media? And what was, like, that moment for you that you're like, you know what? I'm going to do content, too. I'm mm-hmm. going to create content, too, because people love it. Okay, so it all started with my sister, okay. Desiree. Desiree Machado. I'm like, look her up. <laughs> she, like, started in, like, eighth grade, and I wasn't doing anything about social media. She's always been the one that's, like, like had the goals. She wanted to get there. She would be posting for years, like, all this, putting in the work, like, barely any views. And then, like, one day in eighth grade, she, her video blows up, like, one mil on YouTube. And all of us, the family, was like, what the hell? It's famosa! Yeah! And we're so excited for her, but, like, we really didn't think too much of it until we seen, like, she was making money. Yeah. And we're like, dude, this is crazy she's an eighth grader making money you know and then i think like maybe a year later i decided like i should start doing content too and it was just it was just always been fun because it's always just been us recording like who we are like vlogs with the family very memory vibes memory that's exactly how i think about it like i love like we have these memories to look on even if like it doesn't go nowhere we'll always have these to look on to were you appearing in her videos prior yeah. to you like doing your own stuff mm-hmm. how were the people taking you know obviously i feel like whenever someone introduces someone new to their platform how are people taking you like do you feel like you were loved already yeah i feel like i got a lot of positivity and that's one of the reasons why i started my channel because a lot of people wanted to see me you know because we would always record together and it was just so fun like laughs and then like i remember when i did start my channel like majority was good response but i would have those people that would like kind of compare us or i remember a lot of people would say i would be copying her i'm like she's my sister Sister, like we grew up together (laughs) i'm like Like, we're like the same yes. but that wasn't that bad like majority was really good like 
like I had a lot of support and it was really fun. Was there anyone ever like near you that was ever like, ah, eso no es un trabajo, ever mm -hmm. doubted you or ever felt like what you were doing was never good enough? Honestly, per for me personally, like, like, no, we really had so much support around us. Like our family has been supporting everything we've done. And then like my friends too. Like whenever I'll be like, you guys want to record a video? Like I have so many videos with them when we were in high school and stuff. And like, it was always like, I've always had so much support and I'm, I'm really blessed for that. And that's why I still have them in my life. And I feel like that's a good thing. I feel like, especially when you're doing social media, so many people come and go. So mm -hmm. many people don't believe in you. Yes. Sometimes they think that like you got lucky. And I feel mm -hmm. like it's really important to really have a core of people that like love yeah. and really genuinely support mm -hmm. you. And, you know, I'm glad that you have that for you because no mucha gente que hace lo que hacemos tienen a ese support system. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. obviamente, you know, you tell us that you started doing social media and for many years you were doing it for, you know, nickels and dimes. You weren't really going full force yeah. with it, you know. ¿Cuál fue el momento donde you're like, you know what, this is actually generating a good amount of mm -hmm. money. I can make this a full-time job. I would say in high school, but not really. Like, I remember when I got my first check and it was it was like $400. I was so excited because okay. that's so much for money. For the month. Mm -hmm. Let me clarify. YouTube pays month. you monthly. So $400 a month, obviously, as yeah. a high schooler, you're like, wow, so yes. rica. But uh -huh. on the real world, there's nada. Yeah, literally. Well, because, like, especially growing up, like, we didn't have a lot of money yeah. like that to be spending on random things or things we want, you know? So, like, this was, like, crazy to me. I'm like, dude, like, there's no way this is possible. What I was making was, like fine like a hundred percent for me like i would even spoil my friends all the time especially my friends because like like i remember going to like when we would go out and stuff like i wouldn't have money my parents wouldn't give me money they would like pay for my food Aww. and stuff like that as kids so i was like you know what like these these are my rider days like i'm gonna give them whatever they want you know but i think like even then i wasn't taking it very seriously it's just like like it was like yay extra money, money. like fun vibes yeah yes. Because I didn't have any real responsibilities to pay rent or none of that. And I think when I started taking it serious was literally after after college. Because I had a really good like amount of savings. But I wasn't making or posting a lot of content while I was playing soccer. So I just kept taking out those savings. And I was like, it's going down fast. So I was like, you know what? Like, like I have this platform right here. I, why am I not taking advantage of it? Why am I not like putting the work in? Huh? Yeah. And I used to always like tell myself like dude people are putting their like working their asses off and i have this is like easy compared to yeah. that you know what i mean and like seeing how my mom how hard she worked i'm like this is kind of selfish not selfish but like how are you not taking advantage of something like a opportunity yeah. like this once i got out of college and i started grinding hard i was like this is definitely comfortable money like yeah. i just need to keep doing what i'm doing and it's it's fun like it really is fun obviamente te conocemos ya la alexis de ahora y obviamente sabemos que estás en una relación pero mm. yo quiero saber cómo se conocieron how did that happen I'm like blushing. So we actually met in college mm. and I met him in like such a perfect time because as I was telling you, like when I was really down bad, like depressed during soccer, that's when we kind of met together. So like that was my source of happiness, you know, I'm like better cry. <laughs> so we met in soccer because he was playing on the boys team and I was okay. playing on the girls team and we met at like a kickback or something. And I remember looking at him like... I'm a bag that like he's fine. Like, That's mine. <laughs> That's mine. I literally told my homegirls I was like I called it. I remember him just being like he was so shy. Like he's. <laughs> it was so funny how we met because like I think on the first kickback we barely talked. Like we were both shy, and he doesn't drink that much. And for okay. me, I need a little shot or something to get some confidence. So he wasn't trying to make the first move. I wasn't trying to make the first move. And I remember like. <laughs> I don't know. I was like hella delusional. I feel like he could feel <laughs> the chemistry. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to know I like him, you know? So I would not give him eye contact, none of that, because I was like, he's going to yeah. know, you know? I was being hella childish for like adults. <laughs> yeah, fucking literally all like 20. <laughs> I know, literally. And I remember there was like a kickback and there was like a his friends at the table. Okay. And this is the first time we met like the other soccer boys and like just the teams getting together. So for like future parties and stuff, we're like giving each other these Snapchats. <laughs> I feel so bad thinking about it, but, like, I just, I was so nervous, you know? And I got all the boys' Snapchats but his. 
Y tú bien interesada, güey. La más interesada, she's like, forget him. Ah, Literally. How was that? Did you go home? You're like, fuck, la cagué. Yeah, I was like, dude. That, and I, I like was thinking about how he felt because he now he tells me how he yeah, felt yeah, yeah, during yeah. that time. And I was like, dude, that was. Did that he was, find out, though, that you asked for like everyone's Snapchat except for him? He was there. <laughs> Oh, so you were going around with the phone, and like, yeah. when I got to him, you're like, not you, <laughs> I'm not me. You. Oh my God. I would have been like, fuck the bitch. Ah, no, literally. That's I crazy. Like, okay. I don't know why I did that. Like, like thinking about it, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like he could feel our chemistry. And he Los nervios. Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't want to give him eye contact. I would have went red in the face, like literally. So I think that's what it was. And then like, we went to another kickback and I was... I got like a little bit more like liquid courage. I was okay. ready. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna make my move this time. I'm gonna get drunk and talk to him. And I start getting tipsy and stuff. And I go to talk to him. Tell me why he's sick from the throat. He can't talk. Mudo. <laughs> yeah. Mudo. He's like, <gasps> Is that what he tells you? A lo mejor he would start struck then, Maybe. A la like, mejor. I had him. So it was just like that night we really couldn't talk. And then I think. Um, I'm like, come remind me. I have a hella bad memory. But, like, just little by little, like, we started. I think I followed him on Instagram. And I didn't follow any, any of his friends. So, like, I feel like that was me shooting my shot. So, I think after that, he ended up texting me, like, when's, um, when do the girls play or whatever. And then from then, we started, like, just talking more in person. And then one day, we hung out. And ever since that day, we never separated. Seriously, we would how was it like? Day. Was it like? Did you guys become boyfriend and girlfriend like without anyone asking, or how was it when he? It was. Oh my god! It is so funny because like he was not getting the hint. Like we were together all day. I'm like, obviously, I like you. Like yeah. the. And he was thinking I was friend zoning him. <laughs> I would like dab him up and stuff. And he would think like I was friend zoning him because of that. But that's just like how my personality yeah, 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 was. Yeah, yeah. But like it took him so long for like the first kiss. I was like, does he even like me? Like I'm about to like Like we were hanging out probably for like a month straight every day. And it wasn't like we didn't kiss or nothing. Like it was just like us Kicking getting to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like we would, we went like one of our first dates, we went to the movies. And afterwards, we stayed talking till 4 a.m. in the mall, like in the outside mall. Uh huh. And I was like, You know, beso. Nothing, bro. Even the hug after was so awkward. You're like, <laughs> like, bye, side hug. Like, it was. After that, did you leave and you're like, It's not gonna work. It's not gonna happen. I think a little bit after that, I was like, Dude, if you don't make a move or kiss me, like, I'm out. Like, like what? Like, are you gonna make the move or what? Like, cause I felt like he didn't like me yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Cause you're like, It's too obvious. Yeah. Like, casi te metido. Like, we're kicking it every day. Like, no agarras. Like, yeah. The yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's yeah. just slow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just his personality. Literally. So finally, like, one night, uh, I invited him. I was like, Okay, like, I need to make this is real clear in his face because he's obviously hella slow <laughs> like he's not getting it i'm throwing it out there and i invite him to my apartment and like i tell him let's study or have a movie night <laughs> i think we watched a movie and i was like a little bit close to him but he was still so scared to even he's touch like, me <laughs> yeah. he's all no dead ass okay. <laughs> when he finally went to <laughs> <laughs> And like when I remember when he first put his arm around me, he was shaking, literally shaking. Were you like his first official official girlfriend? Um, I, he's had relationships in the past, but nothing like, like serious. Yeah, okay. he, he's just a really nervous person, like really nervous. So I remember he was shaking because I think he was scared to like put his hand on my butt because his arm was long, like yeah. it was uncomfortable position. So he was like this type of stuff, and he was shaking, and then finally like. Um, out of nowhere, he like puts my head up and we kiss, and it was. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I see. I'm like, finally, you over the love flower, me quiere or no, me quiere or no, and you're like, si me quiere. And then, did he ask you then? Uh, um, after that, no, it took like a week or two, and we ended up going to San Francisco, and he asked me in the. Um, Japanese tea, Japanese cherry blossom tea garden, something mm -hmm. like that. It was really beautiful, but Aww. literally since that day, I feel like because we were so awkward before that, like we clicked, yeah. but it was awkward when like, like hugs, stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. you know, like getting like close. the affection. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like we were just awkward ourselves, so like even touch each other, be too close, you know. You're like, I know. Yeah, I like, like you guys are getting the little butterflies. Yeah, little literally. Uh, exactly. How do you guys feel? Like, obviamente, ya después, ya, ya tienen. How how long do you guys have together now? Uh, we're gonna be two years today, Ooh, I think. Actually. Today, today on the seventeenth. Happy anniversary! <laughs> oh.
literally after that it was like clicked like we got comfortable real fast yeah, i think that's what you guys needed maybe yes. he was like whoa i don't want to disrespect her no es mi novia todavía but as soon as he made her fish she's like chinga su madre going full force yeah literally. we were like definitely on pda in public and stuff but i never felt we never felt that nervousness again, I feel like. Yeah. Hace un año, postean un video en donde anuncian que se mudan para México. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? You're a Bakersfield girl, mm-hmm. and now you're over here living in Mexico. How did the combos even start? Okay, so, well, my boyfriend's from Colima. Okay. That's where he was raised. And, like, we always talked about it and stuff, like, visiting his family over there because his family still lives over there. His mom, brother, everybody. So, on Christmas, like, he told me he wanted me to take me over there to meet his family. And he was telling me all this stuff. Like, I don't think... I think I've been to like Tulum before that, yeah, yeah. like real touristy one place. Like I've never, I didn't know Mexico like that, but I was so excited because I've always like ever since I was even in high school, like I knew I wanted to be there one day. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, before we go for Christmas, he's telling me like all this bad stuff about Colima. He's like the roads are so ugly. Like he was telling me all this, not like dangerous stuff, but like just very uncomfortable yeah, bad yeah. stuff. I get there and it's like a freaking paradise. Like it's so beautiful there, and I'm a really like nature girl. Like, yeah, I love yeah. green, all that. So I got there. I was like, boy, so you've been lying this whole time. Like, you didn't want to bring me here. Like, right. Ah. Like, this is why you didn't want to bring me. Because, like, right then I was like, let's live here. <laughs> but, uh You yes. started the conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, because, shit. actually, his family owns, like, a construction company in Colima. And they do really good. And at that time, they had apartments. So, like, they showed us the apartments, like, the last day, the last yeah, trip. Yeah. The last day of the trip. We were there for a month. And I loved it everything like oh my god it was just such it was so beautiful and especially me coming from bakersfield yeah. bakersfield's a mess <laughs> like even the pollution like you can see it in the sky like it's ugly i'm like i still love bakersfield though and then the last day yeah we look at the apartments and i was like bro why don't we like move here because at that time is when i quit soccer okay and i was trying to get out of fresno because that's where i was living in the apartments and the apartments are like super bad too i was not trying to stay there so I was like, the plan was we were going to go move together, but it was either going to be in Bakersfield or Bakersfield. And I was like, I really, I want to get out of Bakersfield. Yeah. You know what I mean? It kind of came out of nowhere. I was just like, dude, like, let's move here. And he was super against it. Since he grew up in Colima, like, obviously you don't really like the places you grow up. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, I was putting like the pros and cons because it was either Bakersfield or Colima at this point. And he moved to the U.S. when he was around 15, 16. So he's been away from his family all this time. And I'm like, okay, why don't we try out six months, a year? You get to spend time with your family. And, like, let's just see how we like it. You know what I mean? And out of nowhere, like, I found somebody to take my lease at Fresno. And we packed our suitcases. We dipped. Literally. Like that. So it wasn't even, like, a hard decision to take. You're like, Mm -hmm. a la chingada. How was it when you, like, played it down to your family? Obviously, you know, you had to tell your mom, like, hey, mom, Mm -hmm. me largo. How was that? How did she take that? Okay, so first telling them that I wanted to spend Mexico uh, Christmas in Mexico with them, I was kind of scared because we're very family oriented. Yeah. So I was scared how they were going to take that. But like surprisingly, like my family was really supportive. I feel like for the most part, because they really love my boyfriend. They yeah. know I'm safe with him. So they were like, they were fine with it. And I was really surprised, like nothing at all. They weren't trying to like argue or nothing. I was like, like are you sure? I'm, I'm gone. They probably just wanted you out. Yeah, we dipped. And then we ended up coming back because that was after christmas after christmas we come back and i tell my mom like what do you think like if i move over there for a little bit you know and i got like good response too she's like honestly whatever you want like i support you and everything like i've always had that support anything i ever wanted for my family so it was really good like they were super supportive nothing and we did we Left. Was it scary for them? Obviamente, you know, yeah. you think of Mexico and you're like, ay, que voy a hacer mi hija ya. Mm-hmm. Obviamente, you know, especially growing up in the States, I feel like we have it a little easier yeah. than growing up in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Was that ever a combo? Like, mija, está segura that mm-hmm. you're ready? Like, do you, you do know it's a little different? Was that ever a topic of conversation? Honestly, they weren't really scared, like, um, like danger-wise, because we do have family in Mexico, and, like, they, they live good, they live safe, you know? And they know that he's from there, yeah. raised there. So, obviously, he knows the area. We're not going to be walking in the hood. Like, we good. So, they never really felt too scary, but I know, like, deep down they did have a little bit of that fear something would happen, you know? But I feel like that's also great that they were so supportive mm-hmm. because, yeah, a nuestra edad, it's kind of like, 
I feel like when we get to a moment, how old were you when you guys were like 20? Yeah. 20, 21. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the moment in our lives where we're like, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with our lives, especially for like the rest of our lives. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the time when you want to do something that you feel like is better, is going to benefit your life and mm-hmm. your lifestyle. I feel like sometimes our parents tend to like hold us back por el miedo de que algo nos vaya a pasar. Yeah. So I'm happy that your parents were there supporting. They're like, mija, si te quieres largar, mm-hmm. lárgate. Yeah. So obviamente, you know, you moved to Mexico. Was that your first experience living with your partner? Or well, habían vivido juntos antes? Well, he was, like, in my apartment. He wasn't really living with me, but he was, like, staying the night every day. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, it's it's your first experience because that actually happened with me and my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I was, I moved in with my boyfriend two months after high school. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Two months after high school, bitch. But even before I moved out, I was already staying at his house every single Mm -hmm. day. Like, I kid you not, he would pick me up after work. Y ya no dormía en casa. Pero obviamente es la diferencia de sleeping over every day than to when it comes to, like, living together. Mm -hmm. How was that in the beginning for you? Was it hard to adjust? Because, I mean, sleeping over is different. different. Se va a su casa o se va a su apartamento. Pero ahora ya no se va. Mm -hmm. Están juntos. How was that? Well, it was definitely a big change. Like, once you move in together, like, you see everything. You see their habits. You see everything. And, like, they see everything of you, too. Like, you can't hide, you know? So, it was a change, but it was a good change. Like, we got to know each other even on a deeper level than we knew before, you know? And, obviously, there was, like, arguments, like, when it comes to cleaning habits and stuff. And I feel like those boundaries should be set in the beginning, you know? So, you don't want to be years still arguing about that. But we got, like our boundaries set in the beginning and it's it's honestly it's honestly been like a really like a like an amazing journey just living with him getting to know him even more you know that's the scary part when it comes to moving in with your significant Mm -hmm. other because you know when i first moved in we were living in his mom's house in su cuartito Mm -hmm. Ya luego cuando agarramos nuestro apartamentito. Well, when I lived with his mom, it was very much, well, I have to adapt to whatever the fucking yeah. rules are here, mm-hmm. you know? But when we moved into our apartment, like our first ever apartment, I remember having convos together like, hey, I don't like this. I've noticed this about mm-hmm. you. Que no me gusta esto, esto, otro. Mm-hmm. And it's great that you had that mentality of like, all the boundaries need to be set before. Yeah. Porque hay mucha gente que mm-hmm. let it go. Y luego ya two, three years down the line, you're like, this bugs me about you. This has always been like, porque no me yeah. lo dices antes. Even like 10, 20 years. Yeah, before. like 30 years. My mom be all complaining to my dad. I'm like, girl, why didn't you tell before? Ah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, you know, always ask you like, what's a piece of advice you can give to maybe your girl watchers or even your men watchers that are, mm-hmm. you know, looking to move in with their partner. Que es algo que tú aprendiste, you know, living with your partner. I would say, like, there's going to be change and you should embrace it. I feel like it's a beautiful change, you know what yeah. I mean? And I feel like, honestly, it could go one way or another, you know what I mean? If it goes the bad way, at least you know. At yeah. least you know and you can dip and find somebody better for you, you know what I mean? Because you're going to find... Like, the real person. Yeah. You're really going to find out who your partner is, you know? No covering up, none of that. Reality is going to hit you real fast, but it could be a real beautiful thing. Like, What's, like, one thing that, like, ever since you started living with him, you're like, wow, I didn't see him like that. Something positively mm-hmm. that you were like, wow, like, I didn't think this was, like, the real, like, my man. I would say, honestly, like, how we can still be any part of the day. It's like, I feel like we're, like, we bring that child out of each other. Yeah. And it could be any part of the day. Like, we're just walking down the stairs or he does something like... (laughs) We be doing too much, Loki. But he's just... Like, just seeing that part of him all the time and knowing, like... And he brings it out of me. It's just something, like, really beautiful, you know? You really do get to know your partner on a different level Mm -hmm. once you move in together because it can... It's it's literally like a break it or make it moment. Like, it either can work out... Or you start seeing how they really are and you're like, you know what, I'm dipping because yeah. esto no va a durar. Mm-hmm. So, obviamente nos cuentas que te mudas a México. What's the craziest thing that has happened to you that really was like, wow, what the fuck, living in Mexico? I've never really had bad, like, I'm going to be honest, I feel like I've had way more crazy experiences in Bakersfield. Like, Shut up. Literally the day before, yesterday, I was driving with my sisters and there was like a, he was cracked out. He was a crackhead. He's with his um, basket and he runs towards my car while I'm driving. I'm like, it scared me so bad. Like it was, it was really scary. And I feel like I've never had experiences like that in Mexico, you know, maybe the craziest experience is when we went to his, um, my suegro's pueblo. Like a little ranchito. Like when we got there, I heard some gunshots or something. But I'm like, that happens in Bakersfield. I've like been there, been there. 
like firecrackers. Yeah. Viviendo en México, you know, nos cuentas de que te ha ido muy bien. What's like a misconception that like maybe you had or people around you had prior to moving to Mexico that mm -hmm. now that you live there, you're like, what the fuck? Like, nada que ver. Yeah. Okay. Like, there's a lot of misconceptions. And especially since I moved there and I talk about my life or I just talk about things, like, people will leave a lot of comments. And I've even heard to my face, like, just um, coming from people, like, I've heard that you can't, I mean, it depends in every part. But to stereotype the whole country yeah. as something like that is, like, I've heard you can't um, drive nice cars, BMWs. I'm like, my suegros have a BMW. I'm like, girl, me. I'm like, <laughs> it's crazy because you do hear that a lot. Mm, like, a when lot. you like, you moved to Mexico, cuidado, los narcos, esto, esto, otro. And I've been seeing your videos yeah. and you're like, wow, hasta yo ganas de moverme para allá. It's crazy. Yeah, and I feel like it's more common than not to hear that. Yeah. How I see it is... I've heard of worse stuff happening in Bakersfield and we don't see it on the news. Yeah. You don't stereotype the U.S. as that or California like that. Like I've had personal friends that have had really bad stuff, just really bad stories. And I've even talked about it with my boyfriend because him growing up in Mexico and being like exposed to the media and stuff, it's always been like America or the U.S. is like the Mean Girls movie, yeah. like movies, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? And reality there's good parts and there's bad parts just how like there is in Mexico a lot has to do with the media and the way they mm -hmm. portray it like it almost seems like the U.S. nos pone este fear on Mexico so one we won't go but in reality es como cualquier lugar como yeah. es tú igual como en México hay lugares que son super peligrosos mm -hmm. igual hay lugares that are super yeah. good you know mm -hmm. igual que aquí like mm -hmm. every place like yeah, in the yeah. U.S. there's a lot of places that are dangerous that a lot of people like don't go out there walking around mm -hmm. but you don't see people Ever. talking about you it. never like hear the u.s stereotype does yeah. that and like i don't want to say like mexico is some paradise because there's a lot of corruption and there's yeah. a lot of bad stuff going on but i just hate when i hear especially to my face like people just like shitting on mexico that's such a beautiful country yeah. with beautiful people and it, it really irritates me especially when they haven't even took the chance to get to know mexico go there visit because there's so many beautiful places that aren't even tourist places yeah. that are safe beautiful like like i've been all around i've been to a lot of states i've been to like cities pueblos ranchos and i've had like like the experiences and the memories i've had and getting to know more about the culture yeah. the people is just such a beautiful experience now that you live in mexico do you ever feel like you live in Mexico like I don't know if that makes sense like, yeah. obviously you see that you say that you have a lot of great memories but do you ever like stop yourself and be like what the fuck I live in Mexico I do that all the time like damn we really out here because like my normal day in Mexico like when I come back to Cali like I'm used to ordering in Spanish I'm yeah. used to talking to everybody in Spanish and then I come back here and I'm like like my head is automatically trying to respond in Spanish you know what I mean and it's crazy like I just look around because like geographically Like, the architect yeah. is just super different. And just looking around, it's like, dang, like... And then I come back to the U.S., I'll even see the houses here, how they look. And it's, like, it's so different, you know? So you've been living in Mexico for, yeah, más un año. Mm -hmm. A little bit over a year, right? Or yeah. you're going to be a year? It's going to be two years in January. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Ya dos años. Mm -hmm. What's something, you know, that was hard for you to adjust, you know, from coming from the U.S. to moving to Mexico? What's something that took you longer to adjust to well the biggest thing for sure is because when i got to mexico i didn't speak spanish okay uh-huh so that was really big like a whole process on itself learning because here like the no sabo stereotype it's always like if you try to learn they'll make fun of you yeah. you know what i mean like anywhere you go social media even if you mess up on social media they're on you you know yeah. so me thinking that when i got there i thought everybody's gonna make fun of me make fun of my accent if i say things wrong like i always had that like I remember the first time I ordered in Spanish in Mexico, I was ordering some chilaquiles and I was shaking, literally shaking, like going to pass out. I was so scared. And like literally no one cared. You're like, <laughs> like, oh, it's just chilaquiles. Yeah, ah, like literally. Like tortilla with salsa. Ah. <laughs> like, but like in reality, like I've talked to so many people over there, like I've made friends and like the idea of messing up and stuff like they because I still talk to yeah, them yeah. and I mess up and like no one even bats an eye. No one cares because. Over there, everyone speaks Spanish. Yeah. You don't, you're not different if you do better, if you speak better than everyone else because everyone speaks the same. You know what I mean? I think it's like a good topic and something that I wanted to talk to you about. You know, obviamente, 
now that you live in Mexico, I feel que se está criticado un poquito más about the no sabo. Like, how uh -huh. is this girl going to Mexico? She don't even know Spanish. Y se te critica mucho. Yo obviamente feel like for a lot of people, it can tend to get to them. How do you feel when people, you know, call you a no sabo kid? And has that ever affected, like, your mental state? Honestly, like, I've always embraced it. Like, it is what it is. Like, but I'm out here putting in the work to learn it. And now I speak it. And now I know it. And y'all can't tell me nothing. No, I'm just kidding. But, um... It's just like people are going to be mad anyways. If you didn't, like before I didn't speak Spanish, yeah. they would be mad. How are you going to call yourself Mexican but you don't speak Spanish? Then I learn. I'm in the process of learning. Oh, you can't speak it right. You're in El Sabo. And now I'm like, good. What do you guys have to say now? La gente que juzga están igual. Because mm -hmm. even me, you know, I like to say, like, I speak both languages pretty good, but I don't speak proper Spanish. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so if you want to get real technical, like, I'm kind of like a no sabo kid too. It also comes with, like, you grow up in the States. Like, exactly. a lot of the time in school, you're not talking Spanish. Did you grow up with your mom talking to you mainly in English? Yeah, actually my whole family, not my whole family, like my grandparents, my cousins, my tias, tios, they all spoke Spanish, but my mom, my mom's white, yeah. so like there was never a need because my dad has always spoken English like perfectly fine for us to speak Spanish, but obviously we have always grown up with our family and with that culture, and like ever since a kid, like I've wanted to learn, but it's just the idea of being scared, yeah. and it's because people like our own community puts this on us, like makes fun of you but if you're gonna make fun of them like why aren't you helping them learn or being there supportive you know yeah, like instead of making fun of them help them be better yeah correct them my suegra talks english pretty well you know mm -hmm. but there is some things que se traba in. like there's some things that she i know what she's trying to say but she doesn't say yeah. them correctly mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's funny like yeah. the way they say it. it's like oh it's so cute mm -hmm. yeah. because i know how it feels or i know how it feels like for someone to make fun of you even if like it's funny but because it doesn't apply to you yeah it's not funny like mm -hmm. the person getting made fun of it it's not funny to yeah. them because it applies. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what I do with my suegra is instead of laughing, which I can easily do, I, I just try to correct her and I'd be like, oh, no, say así, say así. Or like, mm -hmm. oh, say it like this. And some, I remember at the beginning, como que lo tomaba mal, she's like, oh, mood, why is he correcting me? But I had to tell her, like, oh, you know, like, I'm not saying it in a bad way. Lo estoy diciendo para que aprendas. Mm -hmm. It's like a correct, a helping. correcting, mm -hmm. helping. You yeah. know, and I feel like not a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. Y lo único que hacen es que se ríen. It's yes. like, wait, no te rías, ayuda. And literally, and how you were even saying earlier about, like, like you feel sometimes even you're no sabo kid. Like, people don't realize most of the time, 100% of the time, it's you grow up in the U.S. Yeah. school system. It's completely different. Like, even if you, people who say they're, like, really fluent here, they go to Mexico, they know you're not from there. Yeah. It's just, like, it's a whole different environment. You know what I mean? And I'm, like, for people... Like, we should be, we, like, us being, growing up in the U.S., like, we should be that comfort for yeah. each other. Because if you go to Mexico, everyone who goes there knows, like, they're like, de donde eres, de donde eres. Because they know right yeah. away. So, you kind of have an idea. Why don't you help people who do want to learn Spanish? At the end of the day, you can speak you know, whatever language you want and it doesn't make you any better. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's room for all of us to grow. Mm -hmm. There's a room for all of us to learn. And as long as like yourself, as long as you're trying, as yeah. long as you're trying to be better in your Spanish, yeah. that's all that matters. <laughs> Do you have any plans? Ya viviendo en México ya por casi dos años. Do you have any plans of like moving back? Or ya dijiste México es mi lugar. Yeah, México. Literally. <laughs> what, what do you um, love more about Mexico? Honestly, like... Just like the people, I feel like here in the U.S. and California, especially bigger cities, people are really cold. Like, there's no, like, good morning, buenos dias, nada de eso. Like, you're in your own lane all yeah. the time. And that's even how I was. Like, I catch myself not wanting to talk to anybody or whatever, but that's how I grew up. Like, you just want to be in your own lane, get what you, you have to do done, and yeah. You know, and over there, like people will talk to you. People talk to strangers about your yeah. life. It's just more like welcoming, like like family, family um, oriented. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's good, too, because I feel like, like you said, sometimes we get too stuck on the trying to be in your own lane. Don't let anyone know. But I feel like I know exactly what you mean. Like in Mexico, I feel like toda la gente quiere platicar. Hola, mija, como yeah. And it's almost like a sense of liberation where you're yeah. like, wow, someone's actually asking me how the fuck I am. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like we go around like if we're being realistic. How many times a day do people really ask us, like, hey, ¿cómo estás? ¿Cómo yeah. te sientes? Never. No one Almost cares. never. Like, 
we're all very like doing our own thing, mm-hmm. like you said here. Yeah. Pero en México todos are so welcoming, yes. so like, hello, cómo estás, cómo te sientes. Even if they don't give a fuck, yeah, yeah. te preguntaron, yeah. they make you feel better, you know. It almost feels like it's like a family environment, even though we're like we have no connection to each other. It's just so much more, like what I'm saying, like welcoming. You know, I feel everybody's here is it's fast, fast, fast. You don't have time to talk yeah. to other people. You really don't. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to make new really friends is. here. So, obviamente, nos cuentas de que you've gotten hate because, you know, people like to say you're a no sabo kid. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, you've always, you know, been on social media. You've always received hate. Mm-hmm. ¿Cómo lo haces tú para poder ser tan positiva? And how do you deal with all the hate you get? Um, honestly, I would say... I've always been, actually, no, I wasn't. In the beginning, like, because I've always been, like, if you say something to me, I'm going to say something back. But you got to realize, like, these people are behind a screen. They would never say it to your face. You know what I mean? There has been times where I'll get looks or something. But, like, like, if you look at me, I'm going to, like, look at you. Like, what's really good, you know? So I feel like the majority of haters, they come from behind a screen. And I try not to give it too much attention at all because I know they're just insecure in themselves yeah. like if it's really that bad block me and scroll it's never like, that serious if you really hate me girl you don't have to keep watching or like the hate comments like i remember when me and my boyfriend got together you know that happy weight yeah and i since i was doing soccer i was like we we're running 13 miles a day not a day 13 miles a week. Damn, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that coach really didn't like you. Literally. <laughs> like 13 miles a week. So I was super skinny, like the best my body has ever been. Yeah. And then once I got with my boyfriend, like we started, I like especially started gaining. And like, that's all I would see in my comments. And that really did get to me because um, it was everywhere I seen. And I see it, like I didn't even notice it myself until people put it in my face, like in my comments, seriously. I remember when, because you've talked about it too. Mm-hmm. I remember when you were going through that. It's crazy because to me, I'm like, you looked good. You've been looking mm-hmm. good. You look good today yeah. too. But it's something que a veces piensas tú. Yo también me pasó lo mismo. Yo cuando conocí a mi boyfriend, I think I was about the same weight that I was now, but obviously without the loose skin. Ah, <laughs> y'all be 98% loose skin. No, but back then in high school, I was like, I remember I was weighing 168 when I got with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Me descuide and I've gained over 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. And and I'm talking about like at the beginning, yeah, look, we throughout the years that was different. Mm-hmm. But I gained what people call the happy weight. Happy yo me acuerdo que uno no se siente bien. Obviamente, you know your body, you yeah. know you don't feel good. But when you start seeing all the comments, all the blah blah blah, it starts to get into your head yeah. because like, bitch, I don't feel comfortable. I obviously don't feel yeah. and look good. And now people are noticing. noticing. Was that hard for you to get through? Yeah, honestly, like how you were saying. um, I didn't never felt really too. I knew I was gaining weight, but I still felt like I looked good. Yeah. Like I was happy I was getting something back there, but like I didn't see. I wasn't too insecure yeah. at first, and then I start seeing all these comments, and I'm like, dude, is this what I look like to people? And then like it was always a mental battle. Like, dude, be for real. Like go outside. I look like everybody. Like yeah. you're literally delusional right now. But then also hearing the comments, too. It was like a mental battle trying to stay strong between um, my body positivity. You know what I mean? Do you feel like having a platform um, made you, like, in a way, you know, like you said, you said it perfectly. You go outside, you're just your average girl. Do you feel like having a platform, casi te pone, like, on a pedestal where people think, like, you're supposed to be perfect at all times? Yeah, I feel like it just gives such unrealistic. I'm like, dude, we look the same. You're coming at me, like, we're not, these are normal bodies and the hate I was getting it was just it was crazy to me like the I was thinking about it like the way social media has like affected people's minds thinking that somehow the weight I gained looked bad you know and I'm like normal but I'm 20 like I'm growing like our bodies change over the years. We're not going to look how we look like in high school, you know? Nos cuentas that for a while it was affecting you. What made you get out of that, you know, dark place where you're like, you know what, chingina su madre, I'm not going to let it affect mm-hmm. me anymore. I feel like just having my boyfriend there, like, always supporting me. And also my friends and my family, like, like I knew these people were just insecure in themselves. Yeah. And they're just going to say what they want. And it is what it is. Um, they'll, it's just just literally insecurity insecurity projecting yeah and i'm like dude whatever you can watch me you don't have to watch me whatever i'm gonna be happy i'm happy how i am with my family and i'm not gonna let that get to me you know yes lo bueno lo bueno que estás en una mentalidad where you're like you know what i love me i feel yeah. like i look great and you do mm-hmm. eso es lo que importa you know what mm-hmm. i mean porque la gente va a hablar porque tiene hocico mm-hmm. y que hable. mientras que no te afecten mientras que no te quiten y te den 
Eso es lo que importa. Pues ya para terminar la entrevista, yo quiero saber qué te espera, tío. ¿Qué podemos ver? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? I really just want to grow my presence on social media. Keep doing what I'm doing because, like, the 100%, like, the positivity outweighs the negativity. Like, some of the comments I get, like, people having bad weeks or bad days. Like, it's crazy that, like, me doing little dumbass videos just talking brings that sense of joy or positivity yeah. in people's lives and it's like crazy to me you know and so i definitely just want to keep doing that and um build our life in mexico honestly period y pues aquí vamos a estar todos para seguir viendo that mm -hmm. journey so, and i'm excited to see you keep living your best life in mexico Thank so you. muchas gracias once again for coming on the podcast and opening up and just having a combo with me yo sé que estabas un poquito nerviosa mm -hmm. pero ya te miro más tranquila mira. yeah i'm like good now if you guys want to go ahead and follow Alexis I'm going to go ahead and leave our social medias down below as well as on the screen right here so you guys can go ahead and follow her and keep up with her and don't forget to follow me so you guys won't miss any future episodes once again thank you so much for thank being you. here and thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you guys in the next one bye, bye guys <laughs> All right, you did so good <laughs> thank you so I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.